Hi there. This is Connectionism with Ayham Kada, a meditation coach and DJ. Connectionism is an advanced introduction to meditation, a new form of guided meditation that utilizes speech, ambient, and techno music with visualizations if you're tuning into this through video. Today's topic that we're going to talk about is patterns and habits overhauled. This trip is going to be around one hour, and I expect and hope uh, to tune in for the long, for the whole session to see actually and witness what takes place takes place within us. We'll start the talk in a few minutes. So, hope you take a comfortable position in a distraction-free environment. And let's begin soon. Hi there. Hope you're all seated properly, <laughs> like in a school. Yeah, I'm thanking everyone, each and everyone who's attending this. From my heart, to be honest, because I enjoy this quite very well. And I also think of it as that much of a greater value to myself and whoever is interested and actually serious about, you know, living in a healthy way. Or living healthily, lily. <laughs> Today's topic is patterns and habits overhauled. And uh, let's see, where shall we start from? Nothing gets done without uh, forming certain structures in our lives. If we want to go to work, it's, there is a structure, right? There is a pattern of attendance. If we go to school, if we even, uh, even our lunchtime, our sleeping time, everything has its own, let's call it structure, which we call a pattern, right? And hence a habit as well. It's an, if we can look at it from this way, it's um, an acquired structure in operations that happens over and over. Right. So 
the me, the I, which I am, let's say, is a construct of these habits and patterns. There are habits and patterns that are, are acquired through living and interaction. And there are this kind of, let's call it the patterns of the physical body functioning, which is, let's say, you know, breathing and the blood flowing, all that kind of stuff, which we have kind of no control over. The question is, do we have a control over those other patterns? Do we have control of our patterns and habits? To a big degree, if I may say an opinion, is like I think most of us believe that we do have uh, control over those patterns. Right. So if we look at it, we have, like, let's say, a bunch of patterns and habits in one's structure. Let's say that I have the ability to view which patterns are good for me and which patterns are bad for me. I mean, essentially, that's what uh, one of the points to be considered in meditation is like observing oneself and observing those habits, right, that pop up in the psyche, which means like the habit of thinking, the habit of uh, questioning, maybe the habit of comparison, the habit of uh, uh, thinking about the future or planning, all those kind of stuff, internal habits that we have. But I'm also stretching it to the habit that we have in our daily life. Like waking up, talking, gossiping, looking at people, comparing, all this kind of habit, all these habits and patterns of behavior. Uh, shying away from challenges, uh, uh, unable to do certain things or the ability to do certain things. So all that, excuse me, those patterns and habits and structures are the me in action or in operation. And it happens continuously, right? So, at though when those patterns take place, I am not separate from that pattern. Because the pa I'm existing through this pattern. So in that moment, there is no separation between me and the pattern. I am the pattern. Now the question is, which pattern is good for me and which pattern is not? What? I'm not going to say which pattern is good for me. Which pattern is necessary and which is not? And if a pattern is necessary or not, we can go deeper. To which, de to which degree is the pattern necessary as well? In a, in a sense, it's like I'm eating three meals a day. How much food am I eating? How much necessary food intake is taking place? 
should I read a magazine to know how much food should I take? Which diet to assume? This amount of proteins, this amount of fat, this amount of carbohydrates, etc., etc. And I, because let's say I'm, you know, overweight and I'm concerned about my health, so I will see what is, what works, right? So I will look at a magazine, talk to people, etc. Maybe consult a nutritionist as well. Not. Uh, downsizing their value, but I'm just saying, let's say that. And uh, so I acquire knowledge, external knowledge, to understand what is health of, healthy for me and what's not. But the fact is, not a single diet survives. It all turns out that there is a better diet. Oh, this is now, this has been proved scientifically not to work. The Atkins diets killed many people. I don't, know, I don't know if you're aware of that, but this is actually, like, it's a big thing. It's like so many people did it, and they lost weight, but then at the same time, so many, like, it wasn't working. It's like, okay, it's not working right now. Let's assume something else, and we keep looking. And we don't seem to be getting any better. I'm not going to say sorry for the word better. There is no health to be witnessed within me. So, I keep acquiring information about, let's say, breaking uh, an unhealthy habit, and let's say, an unnecessary habit. But, I am that habit already. And the habit is already toxic. The pattern is already toxic. The structure is toxic. And if we so agree, that structure is already toxic. And since that structure is in operation, and that structure is looking for something healthier, uh, in and out of itself, a corrupted, limited pattern looking to improve itself by acquiring more information. That sound, that, that is what most of us do. However, the foundation that we are basing our goals and aims on is corrupted and is limited. So whatever comes on top is, won't be stable and actually is quite questionable questionable and is to be like quite risky to assume and we've all done that we all try to quit addictions improve our relationships be somewhere we're not, have a certain dream, build a certain life. And even if we acquire all this, something else seemed to be not working. It's like 
you know, it's like holding a sack of water. You you close the hole of one, and then another hole comes out, and then you close another hole, and then another hole comes out. That seems how most of us are living. I'm quite focused on my physical health, and I do that. And my body, let's say physically, I'm quite fit, and I fit the magazine's picture. I'm quite attractive. However, I'm mentally disturbed. My relationships are falling apart. But then I try to justify it. And I say, you know what? This is not my focus. And this is probably not working for me. So I'm going to maintain whatever I think is important for me. Whatever I think is important for me. Maybe I'm getting a certain high from it. It satisfies a certain desire that I have. Maybe it's a childhood desire. Dream. Fulfillment of external, like having external validation. Maybe it depends on the environment that I'm living in. Superficial environment, in that sense, in whatever sense. So, the focus becomes, let's call it that I have a, this solid habit. So that becomes my focus of life. And everything else is kind of uh, unstable and uh, uh, not healthy. So even if I have a proper uh, or let's say a satisfactory pattern and habit, if I s- limit it in, in my own perception and I focus on it, but as a result, um, I'm ignoring the rest. And I'm not kind of living in a holistic way. Because I'm trying to satisfy a certain thing. Rather than living in totality. Now, if we say, if we're seeing that, that I'm in this whole kind of cluster of inside-out structures of patterns and habits lost between which is a good habit, which is not, which is healthy and which is not, which is necessary and which is not, and how much is necessary of one thing and how much is not, if we see that truly and honestly not trying to maintain a certain image or feel good about myself and how I'm living my life and how I'm conducting it if I truly see it because I am concerned it, there, there is concern in me about one and how one is living and the general state of it Such a situation demands attention. So attention is not here. It is not a requirement. Or it it, it is the whole thing. Paying attention, in general, has no focal point 
on the contrary of focusing, which has a focal point. It has a point of because they said like they, like there is also like a big uh, thing misconception about like meditation is focusing. It is not. It is required or necessary at certain points, but it comes through that attention. The whole picture. And by, by a whole, I mean the word whole. It takes in the whole outlook. Inner and as a result, of course, outer. For that attention to take place, to take place, it Understanding the limitedness of analysis and information acquiring through the intellect, understanding how limited that is and how corrupted it could be, the dependency on and on melts. And the energy that is consumed through these, we'll say cultural, at least, in such a society, that energy that goes in that direction, specific direction, goes back. And it is here, fueling the attention. And then all of a sudden, the senses become more alive. start to feel and perceive what is and what is not. I start to understand, like, understanding my body without the dependency, or we say chronic dependency, on words and information in word format creates a whole, not creates, is if you may if I may ask the say the word dimension, is a different dimension. It's like the whole field is different now. It is scary to be it is scary for a conditioned mind in such in that in that past way we talked about through thinking analysis to be there and be lost. Basically living in the unknown. You know, the example of one person going blind, the other senses strengthen up. So we're not saying <laughs> eliminate, a one, like cut your hand or something. Just saying do you, we understand the limitation and the possible corruptness of the thinking and the intellect and the anal analysis in that sense. We're not rejecting it, rejecting its placement, but we see the limitation of it. And then all of a sudden, things go back to its, let's call it, place. And in terms of ownership, of course, just naturally. And through that comes a transformation. 
And what comes out of that transformation? I'm concerned with that. What will happen if you ask? Then there is no point. Because whatever happens is beyond imagination. At least in the beginning. It's beyond my current condition. The body has its own intelligence that we are, as is, so far from. And we're always, or the intellect, or the I, the me, is always so far from. Because the I is a bundle of information, habits, and patterns. So when that dilutes, the potential comes alive more and more. And not to saying that through more and more, like I want it more, because if I, I want more, then that's still the intellect and the I functioning. And we're back as if we did nothing. It's so tricky. So just understanding how, again, the limitation of the I and the voice that is in the head, the ego, Life takes in life takes in actually. Not in a specific way or in a certain direction. I may be afraid for certain things to fall out of my life. Maybe it's a job that I hold dear, although it takes twelve hours from me a day. Maybe it's a friend that I don't want to lose. But he's actually being toxic or someone I'm fighting although maybe it's not so it's like all these kind of perspectives that I have of me and the world the understanding of its own limitation and the possible uh, possibility of its uncertainty makes me, leads me to uncertainty in, in nothing, in the unknown. Fear pops up. I don't think about it. I breathe and go back to attention. And we realize that all this, all this, all these words for fear and discomfort and struggle, all of that is just energy that we are probably so alienated from. And as, of course, the, the pattern, the, <laughs> the general pattern, I am afraid of that which I don't understand. So how will I understand? What is the way? We said there is no way. Pay attention. Let's go to music.